This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. What up, Ty Roxon here. And we are basically at the end of the month. It is April 30th. So I hope you are getting ready to gear up for an amazing May. But today's episode is with Chris Hallberg. Now, Chris is a seasoned business advisor, but we talked about a lot of things, you know, why businesses fail and how he applied his military background to basically the business world today. And it was pretty interesting hearing him draw the correlations between the military and the business and how that can serve as a manual for ourselves. And we also ended the conversation with different thoughts on masculinity. So hope this serves as some inspiration as you're starting this week. And remember, Monday is just another day for you to be great. All right. Talk to you soon. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's episode is with Chris Hallberg. He's the business surgeon, a seasoned business consultant, turnaround expert, U.S., United States Army veteran, and author of the Business Surgeon's Field Manual. Ranked number nine on Inc.'s top 50 leadership and management experts, Hallberg possesses over 25 years of, ex- of personal experience and excellence with his career first being in the military. And at the age of 16, uh, after joining the Army Guard and becoming a surgeon with f- within four years, leading soldiers with both dynamic and challenging environments, he then went on to launch his business career in sales and marketing and quickly rose through the ranks, much like he did in the military, from sales manager to vice president. In 2009, he founded an energy-efficient remodeling business whose revenue scaled from $2 million plus within the first year um, to much more after. And Hallberg then sold the company to after two years of profitable operations with over 20% net profit from the bottom line. In 2014, he founded Traction Inc., a business advisory company to focus full-time on counseling next generation of impactful entrepreneurs. Now, you know that I'm all about building the next set of global leaders. All of you here um, are from about 150 countries. And so we are all excited here to to learn different ways to turn our businesses into life-changing machines. So welcome to the show, Chris. It's great to be here, Ty. Thanks for having me on. A pleasure is mine. So talk about it there a little bit. Your career started off 
in the military. And I'm very curious as to what led you to first join the military and how that transition from the military to business was like for you. Okay, yeah. So um, just a point of context, I, I joined the uh, Army National Guard, so part-time citizen soldier for nine years. So uh, at, at, at 17, uh, like most young men, I was uh, lacking some dip- discipline, some focus, uh, and uh, was, was just enamored with the military. My father was in the Army. My stepfather was in the Air Force. Uh, both my grandfathers served. So I come from a long line of, of military service. So, so I really w- wanted to go do fun things, get the training. Um, you know, I, again, I was just enamored with it uh, outside looking in. And uh, but but I didn't want to get up every day at uh, four thirty in the morning. So I thought I'd do the guard and and pursue, you know, law enforcement studies uh, work in the field. So I did that. So I I uh, joined the uh, Army National Guard. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, graduated basic training. Uh, left for basic training a couple weeks after high school graduation. And uh, um, while uh, serving uh, for nine years in the the military police unit. Um, you know, which was comprised of, you know, federal law enforcement officers, uh, DEA, FBI, state uh, troopers, uh, Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, uh, deputy sheriffs, uh, municipal police officers, kind of, a, a, a you know, about half the unit, 250 soldiers, w- was working full-time in a law enforcement capacity. Um, and then I became a, a corrections officer full-time uh, at a maximum security prison, five stories underground. Kind of an interesting story there uh, when you're 20 years old. Uh, working with those types of people. Uh, a couple of years later, at 23, I was a sergeant in both organizations, and that's pretty young to have your stripes and be leading people in their, you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Uh, so I learned a lot about people uh, and management uh, in interesting, uh, you know, conditions, and uh, did that uh, till 1999. So I was in uniform tie from 90 to 99. Got out into the business world. Um, you know, did the uh, energy efficient remodeling company. Uh, started coaching other entrepreneurs and, uh, uh, you know, been basically, uh, you know, doing that full time since uh, 2011. That's, that's so interesting to me. And I always love talking to people like yourself who, you know, yes, you said you, you started off that career. You had sort of the family background where you've seen your dad and you, you saw it in the family. Uh, and the one thing you got there was discipline. You know, one, I'm sure you got, a lot of things there, but one of the major things you got there was discipline, which you were able to apply to, you know, launching a business and being an entrepreneur. And when you became this, you know, this sales rep, the sales um, professional, how did that practice of discipline translate to your business career? Because you rose pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where when you don't know any better, uh, I think if I think if you're a top performer, you're committed. You know, it's not just the discipline, and I think you're totally right on that. It's, it, you've got to be really disciplined and focused to be successful in, in this age or any other age of business for that matter. But, but really, it's about commitment. You know, when you enlist in the service, you, you, you know, hey, the first one was six years and the, 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 the re-enlistment was three years. So it, when you commit, it's not like, you know, I changed my mind. I want to go home. You know, the, you know, the MPs will come get you in the military. It's, it's not like that in the civilian workforce. There's a lot of people that work at companies uh, but they could really care less if they are there or not. They they might physically be there, but they're not really there there. Um, and 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 so so it's commitment. It's it's both those things. So having the discipline, the focus, the commitment, uh, really putting the time to learn your craft. Uh, in the military, we call that being technically and tactically proficient. Uh, it's the same thing in, in in the civilian side. 
Uh, so I'd say I'd say the commitment and that discipline and focus, you know, definitely helped me. And when I was the sales rep, you know, uh, driving all over the place, you know, closing deals, doing doing what salespeople do. Um, it, I was just on a mission. Today, my mission is to make this sale. And here's the company that I need to research. Uh, just like you're going to perform a mission, you know, uh, in military speak, you know, that'd be a um, an operations order, right? You know, uh, situation, mission, executions, uh, service support, command control. That's the uh, that's the acronym. Uh, Sergeant majors eat sugar cookies. Uh, that's in my book uh, mm-hmm. about how you plan out a mission. And I just translated military tools uh, into the civilian world. I, I guess I didn't know any better. So I just took all my old military field manuals and said, how can I apply this to my civilian uh, world? And uh, I was able to do it. And for the last 20 years, that's exactly what I've been doing since, you know, since I left uniform, almost 20 years, is, is, is help others adopt a more military, you know, team building and uh, execution mindset. Now, and by all, you know, metrics, it looks like you've done a phenomenal job. And I'm sure there's some failures along the way, but I'll, we'll talk about that a little, uh, a little, uh, in a little while. But... I'm curious about this. The number one reason most businesses fail. Why? What do you feel that is? And then you just mentioned the mindset. What is the mindset that entrepreneurs should possess prior to launching their own venture? All right. So question number one, uh, putting the wrong people in the wrong seats. Or you could also say leaving the wrong people in the wrong seats for too long. This is something that it's, it, it's really, really hard for me to understand. Uh, that you, either, you, know, you either can do it or you can't. Uh, and there's a lot of people, you know, paying what I call full freight in the form of payroll, and they're getting a, a return that's not 100%. So if your 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 payroll is, I'll just make up a number, fifty thousand dollars a month, and you're getting twenty five back, it's really hard, you know, to be profitable with those metrics. Um, not to mention, it's 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 almost impossible uh, to develop a real A team, a, a real uh, you know group of A players that that can run circles around much larger teams of C players. Because, you know, if, if you allow C players to, to get in, the A players find that pretty unattractive. So they generally leave, and then we can never really create that, that, that culture of excellence. So, you know, the A players don't want to sit next to a C player, and they don't want to be compensated, you know, equally with, with a C player. And, uh, you know, an A player will be a C player a lot faster than a C player will be an A player, in my experience. Uh, that's, that's the first one there. And then the mindset, question number two, it's just simply, you know, you got to be ready uh, to 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 miss a few things in your life. I'm not saying that you have to, you know, cancel Christmas and not not go out at all, or you know, can't see your family. But you know, you, you, it's not a job. You know, it's 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 your baby, and and and, and it's going to need a lot of lot of care and nurturing and and uh, really some attention, just like a, a human child does, you know, uh, completely dependent on their parents for the first few years, um, probably a few more after that. Now I think about it, I have a, a 10 and a 13-year-old at home, but, but uh, you know, business, once you get it off the ground and you build a team and you've got the right people in the right seats and you've got the right systems and, and, and you're executing with consistency, you know, then you can kind of meld back into maybe 40 hours, 50 hours a week and be quote unquote more normal but in the startup phase i mean if you don't if you don't put in the work uh, no one else will and, and and business is really hard make no mistake mm. yeah yeah no no that's 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 so i mean <laughs> it's it's interesting here you say that because a lot of times um, 
when people talk about businesses, I always say this. A lot of people get the wrong idea that it's not going to be hard. They think, I found my passion. Now I'm going to solve this problem and everything should be gravy from then on. And so what I really love about what you're saying is that mindset needs to be important where you really possess the mindset that, you know, consistency has to be there. Uh, solid foundation has to be there. I have to have the right team in place and I have to continuously have a mindset that, that seeks growth instead of it being fixed. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to navigate with the changes. I'm not going to be able to be courageous in times of adversity or when things don't go my way. So I'm, I'm just didn't mean to interrupt there, but it's just, uh, I love when, you know, entrepreneurs like yourself remind people of what the road actually is. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, it, it, it's, look at the business statistics. You know, you talk to people. And you're like, you understand nine out of 10 of these fail in, in, in the first five years or, you know, whatever the stat is today. But I, it's, it's, it's equally grim, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's not me. I'm not a part of that stat. You know, you talk to 10 people and they're, they're always the one that's going to make it. And, and the numbers say that that's very much not going to happen. So, you know, you got to hit yourself in the water with, hit yourself in the face, excuse me, with some cold water and, and really look in the mirror and say, Hey, chances are I'm going to lose on this one. How, you know, how am I going to be the one that makes it? You know, why am I special? And, and if you can't answer that question, guess what? You're not, and you're, and you won't. Mm -hmm. So, why are you special? Um, well, I think it's a, a simple uh, case of of having the discipline. Again, back to what we we started our conversation with. You know, understanding what the mission is, uh, putting in the work uh, to have the capacities and capabilities to win. And then not giving up and, and uh, you know, just working harder, working smarter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, there's some talent involved in anything, right? Uh, some people are more talented uh, than others at certain things naturally. But if you have some talent and uh, a very, very strong work ethic, uh, you know, that's a formula that, that, that a lot of entrepreneurs have, have shared to be successful, right? I'm sure not the first time you heard that, that one on your show. <laughs> um, but, but for people that aren't committed – uh, they're not, uh, let, let's just say they're interested, Ty, right? You know, when you're interested in something and some adversity comes up, you, you can put that, you can put that aside pretty quick. Oh, I'm interested in this now. That's easier. or That's more fun or that's shinier. That's, that's more exciting. You know, when you're committed to something, it doesn't matter what happens. Uh, I'm going to go around it. I'm going to go over it. I'm going to go under it. I might even go through it because, uh, I'm, I'm locked on this target right here and nothing can get me off my trajectory. Uh, that's the difference right there uh, between winning and losing in business. And uh, it might sound cliche, but most people give up just about, you know, in the neighborhood, the zip code of what was going to start happening for them because it's, it, it takes a lot of uh, what we say in the military, intestinal fortitude, you know, a.k.a. the guts uh, to stick it out to the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then Speaking of guts and speaking of intestinal fortitude and consistency, so you, something that you've consistently done is advise hundreds of companies across the United States. And you've done this a lot. I mean, you, you're at a level where you're, you're ranked number nine on Inc. as one of the top 50 leadership and management experts. That's no small feat, sir. But, <laughs> um, and congrats on that. You know, in Thank your you. experience though, you know, seeing and looking at the world, we live in this gig economy. Um, more and more people are going to be more entrepreneurs in the future. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people in, in listening are in their 20s, um, early 30s. They're thinking about doing the same thing. What have you learned 
what have you rather what have you seen rather as the common mistakes that many people make time and time over again and then we talked about the people wrong people in the wrong places but i'm curious to see and hear if you've observed other mistakes yeah i mean first off you're you know, i mean your demographic the millennial generation right you know pretty misunderstood but you know, by a lot of the uh, senior Xers and, and the boomers, right? This, there's, there's, uh, but all, you know, but, but the, the, but the, uh, excuse me, the millennials, you know, starting next year, the number one generation in the workforce. So this is, this is important. Uh, so, so just real quick, I'll do a high, high level, you know, I'll buzz the tower on, 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 on what everyone else is saying about the generation. Then I'll, then I'll disagree with that. You know, you know, the millennial generation is entitled and, and uh, you know, uh, um, participation trophies. And you hear all these platitudes, right? Uh, uh, lots of questions, uh, don't like authority. And, and, and anyways, so we've, heard, we've heard this all before. Well, I, I think it's one of those things where um, if you engage millennials, uh, they can move mountains uh, for your business because they're smart. Uh, they, they solve problems differently. They're super creative. Um, but, but the, but the problem is, and, and, and I might catch some heat for this. The problem is, you know, um, how millennials were raised that, that generation of parents. Well, yeah, sure. You can do that. And there wasn't a lot of no's. So understanding that the world has boundaries, but they're not all necessarily need to be there, right? There's certain places where we have to kind of follow systems and, and, and follow basic precepts of leadership and management. And we have to be able to be open uh, to the new ways of doing business, right? You know, I, th- I look at my kids, you know, 13 and 10, and they grew up with uh, leapfrogs and learning pads and iPads. And I mean, you know, if, if I need something, you know, worked on tech-wise, uh, I'll find my 13-year-old. He's a little genius uh, with, with computers. So, so the it's it's one of those things where, as a young person today, um, you know, take that special mindset that you've been given, right? But use it for the forces of of good. Don't don't be no, uh, I'm not going to do that, or I can't do that, or this doesn't make sense to me, so I won't do that. Be open to change and uh, learn from previous generations while bring in everything from your generation, you know, that's better forward. So, you know, keeping uh, and adopting uh, the, the, the most effective strategies, uh, mindsets, if you will, generational mindsets, and then taking the good part of your generation and, and leaving the, the, the part that's, you know, getting a lot of press out, if that makes any sense at all. No, it does. It does. It does. And, and you know, I'm always grateful for, you know, professionals like yourself to really um, express what you've learned and you know, you've seen it, you've lived it and, and now you, you've built businesses based on that. The unique leadership style that you have, it incorporates your military um, and systemic approaches. I'm so curious as to, you know, what, what you're sharing in this book, you know, uh, once again, talking to Chris Hallberg, who is a seasoned business advisor and he has a book called The Business Surgeon's Field Manual. Now, in this book, you're talking about military and systemic systematic approaches. What are those approaches? What are those military um, things that we can apply to our business on a daily basis? All right. Well, okay. So, so the, the premise of the book is two things. Number one, adopt a more uh, military uh, team-based mindset. Okay. Stop accepting poor results, accountability, and results 
and you know really you know take business a little bit more seriously there's an old saying business is war well you know obviously it's 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 competitive right it's the stakes you face in business are nowhere you would face on the battlefield uh, but at the end of the day you know um, the reason why the the military United States military is so darn effective is is number one you know they're well equipped uh, number two you know they're well trained and, and, and number three they're very committed uh, to, to win uh, so so if you take that over to the civilian world and, and you adopt that mindset, but you don't have the systems to harness uh, the power and energy of, of that mindset, you, you, you're going you're gonna to miss out on, on a lot of traction. So that leads me to the second point, which is you must adopt a business operating system. Okay, Otherwise, you're just making it up every day. And, and I'll also point out, Ty, there's a reason why nine out, of, 9 out of 10 businesses fail in the first five years is because – a lot of people are really sailing in uncharted waters, and when you do that, you, you tend to hit stuff, and, and that's not good for boats, right, if we're going to use that analogy. So um, so in uh, t- early 2014, you know, uh, when I was uh, coaching entrepreneurs and, and their leadership teams, CEOs, uh, you know, VPs, uh, that, 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 that C-level uh, executives, um, I noticed that that from client to client, uh, you know what was what was commonly used to execute their mission was just wildly different. And uh, I bumped into a colleague that colleague that was using an operating system with great success with one of his clients. So I looked into it, and, and this process was called, it's called EOS or the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Uh, it's it's based on a book called Traction by my now good friend Gino Wickman. And what Gino talks about is is there's six key components in business, and to the degree that you can strengthen those, you know, the 136 problems, the, the things everyone else is dealing with, they just go away when, when, you, when you do a good job on these core principles. So, so my aha back in 2014 was, hey, I got this military team-based mindset, um, but I'm not able to really harness that. So I found this business operating system, and, and, and also know there's, you know, five or six other ones commercially on the market. I just chose EOS because, you know, for my coaching practice, because I felt it was the most holistic, uh, simplest to understand and, and easiest to implement. And, you know, those three things are important when we're dealing with human beings, right? Um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So, so, so basically when I started, you know, making the, tool, the EOS tool set mandatory for all my coaching clients, uh, I already had the military team based mindset. That's who I am. So I brought that to the party, uh, right to the table. And, and then I had the system. And then all of a sudden, you know, before that, I had some, you know, mixed results. 
I had some clients that were getting some great results. I had some that were getting so-so results, and I was getting clients that just they just weren't taken to it at all. And then when I then I added the second part, the operating system onto it, uh, pretty much everybody, like 80, 90 percent, were getting amazing results. And then I kind of dawned on me, hey, wait a minute, the military is just full of systems. There is a process or an acronym or a uh, you know a way to do something that can be recalled in the moment in the heat of battle. Uh, simple to understand, very uh, systematic, you know, uh, simple, um, practical type things uh, to to accomplish the mission. So I put those two together, and you know, that's how I got to to to, to the results to you know to get some of that recognition that you spoke of earlier. So it's it's just been an epiphany. Um, so the 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 go fast, the easy advice for everybody out there is number one, go get traction and read that so you can fully understand you know, what an op- business operating system is, you know, my book, uh, the business sergeant's field manual is about, you know, it's about 20%, you know, EOS business operating system and 80% the mindset, you know, some additional tools that I created to dovetail nicely with the EOS tools, but the mindset plus the operating system. Wow. Now we're in a position where you can really achieve greatness. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a one person show or, you know, several thousand employees, um, when you have a system to follow, Ty, you know you know what to do next. Um, I find that uh, business is tough because there's there, there's just this unknown. Well, I don't know. Should we do this or should we do that? I, I don't know. Let's let's do this. So you're choosing almost with a dartboard rather than looking at the data and and what 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 it says to do. Uh, the system indicates do this. You look at each other and say, what should we do? Well, the system says to do this. What do you want to do? Let's do that. And once you get everybody on the same page. You know, where you're going, how you're going to get there. Uh, you put the right people in the right seats. The right people share your core values. Uh, uh, you know, the, the right seats means you GWC or you get it. You want it. You have the capacity. If you give somebody uh, something to do at your company, they don't get it. They don't want to do it or they don't have the capacity to do it. You know, it's probably not going to end well. And if you've got a little bit of that in a bunch of different places, add that up and boom, that's, that's why you're probably going to be one of the nine and, and not the one. Then you look at the data component and say, you know, what are the scorecards? What are we measuring? You know, if we're just looking at lagging indicators, stuff that already happened, there's only so much you can learn from that. So let's look at the human activity, you know, the wattage, the output week by week and, 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 and measure that. And the results will always be there. And then how do we give everybody a number so they can feel good about crushing the scorecard? and being a valued member of the team. And, and how can we spot those low performers, those oxygen thieves, the people, you know, chewing up the payroll, but they're, you know, not doing anything uh, for you. And then we got to create an environment that's open and honest, and that's the issues component in, in, inside of EOS. And we got to be able to identify the root issue versus solving symptoms all day long. We've got to be able to discuss in an intelligent manner uh, without politicking, you know, uh, again, being open and honest, just calling it out. It's okay. And then being able to solve those uh, by issuing to-dos, seven-day action items that actually get to done so we can get that traction, that forward momentum. And then when we have good process, and, and uh, here, here, this is a great example uh, for my millennials, your, your demographic here on this show, is you know, millennials don't want to be told what to do. They want somebody standing behind them, breathing on their neck, you know, following this rigid structure. They want an outline. They want a checklist. They want to do it their way, and that's okay as long as we can agree on, you know, hey, the, the client or the customer needs to hit this, this, and this, 
and then you just do it your way and and uh, uh, that, that's engaging that's fun you know it's not Groundhog's Day and then we get everybody to follow that process and, and especially when they create it uh, they'll follow their own processes you know gladly uh, because they help create them and then finally you know the sixth and final key component is the traction component that's just bringing the vision down to the ground making it a reality uh, and we do that by creating a 90-day world with rocks. You're familiar with uh, Dr. Cover Covey, uh, Stephen Covey, and, and the rocks, the 90-day uh, strategic initiatives, you know, working on the business versus in the business. And then we have to create a meeting pulse so uh, the left hand and the right hand knows what's going on. Most companies uh, meet way too much, and they're, they're usually an epic waste of time. Uh, so, you know, we teach this Super Bowl business meeting called the Level 10 meeting where you kind of put your helmet and your pads on, you go to this meeting, and you go hard for an hour and a half, and then you don't need to have any other meetings. You just put your head down for the week, execute, you know, hit, make it happen, uh, and, and then come back together and communicate, you know, com uh, make commitments to each other, and then fulfill those, be accountable. Uh, so, so that was really windy, and I appreciate, uh, you know, five minutes uh, or more to unpack that. Take that, take that mindset where we're going to take business serious. Like, like uh, a mentor once told me, Ty, you know, as bad as it gets in business, no one's going to show up to your house tomorrow and eat your children. It's mm -hmm. not how it works, <laughs> right? It's not how it works. So, so, but, but take that, take a more serious, we're going to go to business battle me mentality and then, then take those six key components of EOS, smash those two things together. And wow, it, it's really hard. Uh, to not have uh, a lot of extra momentum uh, and and uh, ability at your business when you're doing those things. That that's what I found, anyways, in the clients that I work. With, that's exactly that's exactly what we do together. Thank you so much. Talking to Chris Halberg here, who brings decades of his military, paramilitary, and entrepreneurial management experience to bear. Uh, he's his book has been described as a crucial weapon in the arsenal of any small business leader whose spirit is willing. You are a father of two kids, I imagine, have spirits that are willing. When they come up to you and say, Dad, sir. <laughs> or, <laughs> um, they don't call me sir, that's for sure. <laughs> they, don't, they don't call you sir? Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> and they say, Dad, um, you know, I hear all this stuff in the news. I hear, you know, I see this. I see people in schools that someone said that. Um, can I change the world? What do you tell them? Well, yeah. I mean, what part of the world do you want to change? You want to change the whole world? That you know, let, let's talk about this. I, I think having a realistic expectation. I mean, there's a million ways you can make a dent in the universe, right? Is it a is it is it the right dent? You know, what's the impact you're looking to make? So I would I would ask my sons to be real specific with what exactly they were looking to change. And of course, I would do everything in my power to help them. You know, mm. if they were passionate and committed to do that. But uh, let, let, let's 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 stop with the general stuff, right? Because that's usually, uh, you know, yeah, you can be any, you can do, you can do that. Yeah, go for it. And <laughs> then there's no no direction or you know a specific mission to accomplish. And then when that big thing doesn't happen, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, get disheartened. So uh, my advice is to get real specific. On what you want to change, let's change that a little bit. Hey, what's and when you're when you're being effective and you're making that change, the question to ask yourself is, what's the next level of, of change that I can that I can enact, right? Yeah. And 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 start small, you know, change something 
and then upgrade and, and just continue to go and you'll find yourself uh, to be more much more effective uh, if you if you do it if you start at one and end at ten versus saying I'm going to go do ten uh, from one it, it doesn't work like that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And um, the, you know, it's, you know, you definitely want to give them a vision, um, empower them, and make sure that they know that you you can do what you're trying to do, but you have to make sure that you have a clear direction in mind, and you have to have uh, you know the arsenal essentially uh, to to use a the military pun there to uh, yeah <laughs> to you have to equip yourself with the arsenal. the The other thing I want to talk to you about is is masculinity, manhood. Uh, I'm the oldest of three boys. I'm from Nigeria. grew up in grew up in different parts of the world, and a lot of times I found myself um, you know in a position willingly. And sometimes my parent, a lot of times actually, my parents would tell me, you know, your your brothers are watching. Uh, you have to set a good example. Now, your father of two two young boys. We live in a time. We've seen all the Hollywood scandals. Uh, we've seen the the standard of masculinity, un- unfortunately, be lowered. So I'm I'm curious as to how you think we can redefine masculinity in today's. Wow, that's a that's an interesting question there. Yeah, and I and I would say that that uh, lately, the last few years, uh, it, it, it's it, as a man, I, I've been embarrassed for all this this bad behavior uh, out there. Well, I, I think it's about what kind of life do you want to have? You know, who do you want to surround yourself? I don't remember who said it, but you become basically a byproduct of the five people that you spend the most time with. So, as a father, my job is to make sure that they're running with the right five kids. Uh, the, the the you know they're. They're in the right ecosystem to become, uh, you know, strong young men who who are of high moral character and you know are are going to do the right thing even when no one's looking. And if if you're not an, uh, an involved parent and you're just kind of you know spinning the wheel and and whatever comes up comes up, you know that might not be a, a the, the strategy yeah. because kids you know kids kids today and kids always have been very influential. Uh, look! Look at what their infl- look at the messages that their influencers are hitting them with, and say, "Hey, is that a, is that the, is that the right message that I want them to have?" That's your job as a parent, not not to be their friend or their buddy, right? What I don't need to get in the friend zone uh, with my children. I'm their father, and they don't need to you know stand at attention and call me sir. And it, it's not like that. We we have a very different relationship, but obviously. Uh, you know, I, I've been around the world. I've seen a few things. You know, I, I tend to coach them like, hey, you got a decision here. That kind of sounds like that could not be so good. You know, what do you think the best way to handle that is? So I like to get conversational with them and kind of hit them with with different uh, options when, when they're when they're having having, uh, you know, general childhood issues and let them be a part of that decision making process. And, you know, let them make some mistakes, you know, the little ones. Uh, and then obviously help them from not making the big ones. Yeah, uh, would, would be would be my advice. Be active. Be active. No, and you know, I, you know, I, I like to. I just threw that curveball there because I'm, you know, I think about this all the time. I, masculinity, redefining masculinity, is one of my biggest goals. In addition to building global leaders, and you know, as a as a man, a person of color, or someone that's interested in diversity and inclusion, I I want to be able to to really inspire men to be able to be the best men that they can be. And when I get someone like you who's, who's led across several industries and who's seen, you know, a culture where, you know, a lot of men generally go to, um, you know, in, in the military, 
I, I just I just like to pick your brain like that. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, yeah, well, my pleasure. One last thing before we we, we close and and go to where we can find the book. The um, locker room culture. I have my thoughts on this, <laughs> but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. You know, you, you you've been in, in the bunker with men. You've been in in an environment where men, you know, feel like I can say something that was just us. What is your definition of locker room culture, and why do you feel like it's it's something that people like to to say? Well, it's just us being guys. You know, we can say what we can say, and people being too sensitive. So, just curious about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, an open mic, uh, uh, you know, a converse, a private conversation repeated. I mean, let's be clear: people, people need to have, uh, uh, you know, opinions, right? Uh, it, it, there is this male bonding, you know, when you're a young male and you have more testosterone uh, than common sense. Uh, that's the the the, the towel snapping. The you know, th- that's just what young males do, right? And, and at some point, we need to understand. Uh, that at certain times in your life, your your judgment is is you know is just not there. Uh, your life experience isn't there. But but once you mature to a certain age, you know, listen, you know that 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 that's that's an outdated behavior. And you know, when you're a young man, uh, you know, I think that uh, that level of 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 locker roomness is it, it's it's just uh, I, that was my experience. You're going to see it now. Let's just be clear. You, you can have a good, hearty, fun locker room talk, and still not have it be hurtful, right? In its content, right? If you're just having fun and you're horsing around and it's in good spirits, nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with that. When you're taking uh, locker room talk and, and doing things with it that are not appropriate, right? And and you're you're doing things at the expense of others. That that's where you just have to ask yourself, hey, we just crossed the line here from harmless fun into something that you know maybe is damaging or hateful. And I think people just really need to be mindful. There's a line, um, what's healthy, uh, what's appropriate, and hey, that, that that's not cool. Let's not let's not do that and not double down. And uh, somebody says something inappropriate, then you know, young males, hey, it's a contest. Who can say the next thing? That's even more shocking and, and getting away from that pattern and, you know, just trying to keep it light. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting for me. I, I think um, maybe it's just, just me being from different generation, different characters. I think with I think we can do better with locker room culture. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think there's definitely, you know, quote unquote, the things that a lot of us do as young men. But I don't see why we can't change what we say about a woman we, we know when when we're talking in the locker room and say i did this i did that i grabbed her i grabbed her everything I, this is not political it doesn't matter whether you're republican or democrat i'm just very curious yeah. as as you know we raise the next set of global leaders we sort of tell them in the private moments that it is not okay to say those type of things because these things do materialize as we grow older whether we we suppress them and we compartmentalize them in like in Amongst our friends, we say this when we go out, we do this. I, you know, it doesn't end up being authentic because deep down we feel like we're some entitled people to, to be able to say we can do whatever we want to women and, and say whatever happened last night and do it in public or share whatever, uh, our yeah. quote unquote conquests are. So th- that's, yeah, that's not, okay. that's yeah. not appropriate, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that that's in bad taste no matter what your age is yeah. and, and what you're doing. So, you know, so I, let's, let's, you know, role play here for a minute, okay. here, Ty. So, 
We're in the locker room, had a hot date last night. Yes. You say, hey, how'd your date with Jenny go? Man, she's amazing. You know, she's beautiful. She's smart. She laughs at all my dumb jokes. I think I'm in love, right? Mm. That, that's an okay conversation, yes. right? You, and you might even say, well, did, did you get a kiss at the end of the night? Yeah. I, I did, but, you know, uh, it was just a little kiss, and, you know, I'm going to take it slow, right? Okay, yeah. that, 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 that would be an appropriate conversation, right? Young men, you know, hey, how did you do? Uh, that, that's never going to change. The difference is, well, you know, did did you try to go to first? Okay, how about second base? Did did you try to round third? You know, how aggressive were you? How right. how how uncomfortable did you make her? Right? You know, yeah. you know what did what could you get away with? That's exactly that line I was trying to spit out earlier. It was difficult for me, but you know what I mean. It was it's it, there's a you know did you I grabbed this person or I did this or I said this thing or or she wasn't in a position to say no so I I took advantage mm. right that's the stuff that's yep we, that's what, that yeah. line between right and wrong uh, you can you can have locker room talk and you can be a young man and you can chase girls because that's what young men do right yeah uh, you, that, that's going to slow down once you catch one the right one right. Uh, and 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 she feels the same way about you, right? Let's be clear: the ladies have a locker room as well, and and uh, uh, those conversations. Oh, you know, I just kind of had epiphany there. What if the men uh, were a little bit more like the women in their locker room conversations, right? Because you know, girls are talking uh, as well, but it's it's not that aggressive. What did you get away with? How far did you push it? Right. See, I think that's that's the thing that we've just identified here. Yeah. It, it's being aggressive. It's yeah. it's taking things versus receiving them. And, yeah. and, and, and 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 I think that's the issue right here is uh, uh, to be a gentleman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you move at the ladies pace and you, you look long term. Right. It, the scoundrel, the rogue. It's just for in and out, it's all about them. It's being selfish. And I would say those same individuals that view women in that light are the same people uh, that are you know, destroying our society, right, uh, yeah. with, with, that, with that warped mindset. So, so I couldn't agree with you more, Ty, that, that we need to stand up and say things. So, so for all the listeners out there, uh, when, when that line is being encroached on, are you going to say something? Are you just going to continue to laugh and then add your story to 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 feel wanted? You got to make a choice. Yeah. And and more people got to speak up when things aren't right. And yeah. somebody says something about somebody, be like, hey, that's somebody's sister. That's somebody's daughter. You got a daughter? Do you got a sister? Exactly. Knock it off, man. Some exactly. you you got you, you got to be the person that uh, throws the flag. You you, right. you can't be. <laughs> no, absolutely. And and thank you for saying that because silence is deemed approval in that moment but um yeah I, I didn't mean to take it off there but i you know this is just something that's been in my mind it's been in the news it it is uh, we all have responsibility and i think we all play a role in that and yeah you know no one we're not trying to say strip away your your testosterone we're just trying to tell you to be more respectful um and, and less entitled with that but um Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Before we go, though, a uh, couple questions. One, where can we find your book? And two, my mission statement, use your difference to make a difference. I always ask all my guests that question. How do you use your difference to make a difference? Uh, number Question number one, you can get the book, uh, The Business Sergeant's Field Manual on Amazon.com. Uh, and number two, to make a, uh, my difference to make a difference 
is uh, helping people understand that they don't have to accept uh, the status quo and to provide them with simple tools to allow them to execute their mission with military precision. Uh, uh, last thing I'll say is the military is not all about uh, blowing stuff up and, and, and winning battles. Mm. Military uh, is a lot of fun uh, to be on a to be on the right to be in the right unit. And uh, I, I meet a lot of veterans, people that are transitioned out, and the one thing they miss the most it isn't the food, it isn't the pay, it isn't the hours. Uh, it's the camaraderie, right? The brotherhood, sisterhood of of the men and women that serve. So yes. create that. We can create that same dynamic at your company, uh, and the way you do that is by you know expressing some of the principles that that, that I explain in the book. Absolutely. Thank you so much. First, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for your service and commitment to the country. Thank you for being a father and being a role model. And thank you for distilling this in a cons- consumable and digestible format. Um, you know, not only if you you know laid your life out there for for many of us to be able to continue to do what we do today, you've now spread that advice for us to build what we want to build. So I appreciate that. My pleasure, Ty. It was awesome being on your show today. Pleasure is mine. And ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com